back to Selected Pros. It has been a while. Some things have been happening in my life. Good things. For instance, I got married. And I went on my honeymoon. So those were two very good things. Uh, Over the course of those two things, I didn't really want to edit sound. So this podcast uh, was pretty quiet, but it's... uh, We're going to get back to it. Thank you for your patience. Great interview for you today. Dmitry Samarov, he's a painter and writer who lives in Chicago. Came over from the Soviet Union when he was seven. A lot of interesting discussions about that. He's also, you know, not only is he a writer, but he's a painter. uh, And the author and illustrator of six books. And he sends out a, a newsletter every Monday on Substack, Samarov com. Check that out. Check out his work on his website. He very generously <clears throat> provides a great deal of it for free. DmitriSamarov.com. And, uh, you know, buy his books. I'm going to link to them in the description as always, but they're cool as hell. And like as stupid as this might sound, they look beautiful, uh, specifically the one from Tortoise Books music to my eyes it's pretty cool having it around so anyway that's all i got you'll be hearing from me more frequently but uh for now here's dimitri can you hear me okay i can hear you fine let me just make sure my microphone is correctly set up yeah yep it is can you hear me all right Uh, yep i can yeah cool nice where you at chicago yep chicago chicago as always Always, yeah. Well, not always, but for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I first of all, I just appreciate so much like uh, your support of the podcast and everything, and also um, thanks for bearing oh, yeah. with, thanks for bearing with me through scheduling stuff. I'm getting, I'm get, I'm doing three weddings. I'm getting married, uh, or I got a wedding shower in Cleveland, a wedding <laughs> in New, in New York City, and then a wedding shower in Minnesota, all in the next two or three months. So it's just been a crazy time. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I yeah. I guess. I guess you're that age. How old are you? Thirty. Okay, yeah, that's that's when all that, a lot of that the first wave of that shit often happens. <laughs> what about you? Are you married? <laughs> uh, I was I was married very briefly, uh, going on twenty years ago. Okay, it was really yeah, it was a stupid. I mean, it wasn't stupid, but uh, it was a fling that should have that got that we got got a little bit carried away. Uh, oh yeah, what is it? What did you do? Like a uh, did you do like a Vegas thing? No, not a Vegas, but City Hall. Uh, okay. Took took picture like our quote unquote wedding pictures were done in a bar bar photo booth. You know, like we we yeah, yeah we're like calling people like family and friends after saying we got married. You know, right? Like, shit like that. And uh, sure that I'm uh, sure you know weren't too pleased. It it caused a lot of turbulence and like yeah you know, like lost friendships and but oh, yeah really? it's that bad huh it's lo- long and complicated and uh, so yeah uh, yeah we're we're friends now uh, it took a while but yeah we're yeah friends now. interesting I mean you know yeah we you do a, a fucked up thing like that you gotta like have a sense of humor about it but it takes a while for it to become funny yeah, yeah it once, wasn't uh, it wasn't funny at the time once, <laughs> yeah. all the, <laughs> once all the relationships are mended and the proper paperwork is filed then maybe you can yeah 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 yeah, yeah. About like it. that yeah but uh yeah. nope i'm on my own i've been on my own for a bit 
Nice. Are those uh, are those your paintings behind you? Oh yeah, yeah. The, there's some of the yeah book, bookshelf paintings. Nice yeah. man. I lo I love them. Um, oh, I gotta say, your books uh, from Tortoise are just like gorgeous. I, 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 it's very rare to see. There's that. only one Tortoise book. Uh, the only okay, I couldn't quite tell. The, the you sent me a, the music. A... The music one is from Tortoise, but basically, uh, yeah, the rest are self uh, are self published. Self. -produced. Oh, okay. Well, so so the Tortoise one that I do have the the way that you, you your drawings and your paintings are throughout is like extremely satisfying and uh, looks beautiful. Thanks. That, look, it it was a big uh, yeah, it was a big experiment. That was the first book I ever did where I did the layout myself. You know, taught myself or half taught myself in design mm -hmm. because uh and it was that was sort of a reaction to the book before which came out in 2014 from a press that was run by crooks that I don't, oh. <laughs> whose name i don't I, I don't speak when i don't have to i would like uh, but, to, i uh, would like to know but i understand if you don't want to oh know. no i i could it's curbside splendor but okay. uh I, I don't know if you've heard of curbside splendor, i ha i but. haven't but uh no. They're, I mean, they're pretty much, it's dead now, but, uh, yeah, they, they fucked over a lot of writers and they got sued and, uh, a, a lot of, several well-known writers have gone on to, you know, they bought their, this guy made, made them buy their books back basically. Okay. Held, held, held shit hostage. He was just a bastard. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it gives the whole, the whole enterprise a really bad name. Uh, yeah. But, uh. So yeah, that was my second book, which came out in 2014. It was the second cab book. Uh, but, uh, one of the many, many things that went wrong with that book is that, uh, the book was given to a designer, uh, who I didn't know. And he came back with arcs and it looked like the whole book was a compound German word. Like he mashed all the text together and it oh, took yeah? like three of us to disentangle the text. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he did. And, uh, was it just but, like uh, unintentional? Like he did, he it was like a poor design, or was he like this could be interesting? No, no, no. He, uh, I don't think he he had a proper grasp of the technology and how you fit. And all my books have a lot of art in them, so you have to fit the its special challenges of fitting text around images and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he just dumped all the text in there and mashed it together because what InDesign does is it you know it makes the text visual. You know, it's like blocks you have to make blocks of text but they're basically another visual element you know mm -hmm. yeah i don't i don't know what he did but it was a disaster and uh i figured and you know we sort of rescued it by the time it was published more or less but i could still see i don't even i don't think i have any copies of that book like i was so disgusted by that whole thing but uh and i yeah i redid and put out my own version later but mm -hmm. um which is i think i sent it to you it's called all hack which yeah, combines yeah. both the two cab books and it's sort of like a re-edit, re reimagining, you know. As, mm -hmm. as yeah, it sucks book. probably when when it when you know the important parts out of your hands like the manuscript and then it kind of gets yeah, budged up. I can't Well, I yeah, I mean I, yeah, the and it's but it's all a learning process and each right. person you you enter into a partnership with is you learn new things uh yeah. sometimes the hard way and sometimes without a happy resolution unfortunately mm -hmm. but you know yeah, but it led to other things i really what i love what i love about your work is just the combination obviously and i think you get this all the time but the combination combination of your visual art and the text but uh in terms of creative writing like when did you start painting first or did you start writing fiction first? yeah 
no, no. Uh, I I've been a painter my whole. I've been a you know artist, whatever, drawer, painter my mm-hmm. whole life since. I mean, since before I can remember, but uh, yeah, how, the how writing did that start or, or or when did that start? You remember? You just enjoyed it. No, I I really yeah. It's just what I always did. It's what mm-hmm. I do. It's it's you know how I identify myself first, second, and third. The writing thing started much later, uh, and the writing thing started because. I got this weird job right out of, out of art school, which was driving a cab. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started driving a cab when I was 23. And uh, You'd make people, like a young, surprising cab driver, like for most people. I was. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, even in the 90s, uh, yeah, most, most cab drivers were older and they were, as, as they would continue to be, newly arrived immigrants for the most part. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am an immigrant, but not... A, I wasn't a newly arrived one. I, mm-hmm. I came when I was seven, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I puzzled people a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it, you know, one of the through lines of my whole 12 years of driving a cab was this whole thing of people getting in and, uh, sort of congratulating me on being white, stuff like that, or being an wow. American. And, uh, it, it, yeah, it, uh, they'd be like, Oh, wow. I'm so surprised. Oh Yeah. And yeah, congratulating me and like being happy or like feeling free to say racist shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it, it, it exposed a lot, a lot of ugliness. <laughs> yeah, but, but to me, it was just like, you know, this is all material. It became, you know, very quickly it became material. And, uh, so I, yeah, I, I edged into writing because I couldn't, you know, pull over and draw these people. Right. Uh, I had to add words. So, so yeah, hack started as a zine uh in let's see, when I was about thirty, around the year two thousand or so. Okay. And so I would go this is before I was pretty late to computers. I didn't have any computers, so I'd just go to Kinko's and I had a typewriter and I'd type out out these sentences and then I'd cut and paste drawings around them and uh, run off some copies. And that's that's how the writing started. So, yeah, I was like yeah. 30 when, when at 30 at the first time I had a creative writing effort of any kind aside from homework assignments, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I can't really imagine the amount of material <laughs> that you'd get from, from writing a cab and this was, or driving a cab. This was all in Chicago or did you? Were, were no, you... uh, th- three years in Boston. Okay. So my, my, my family lives in Boston. Uh, so I went to school, art school first in New York, then Chicago graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in 1993 from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and then moved back to Boston and started driving a cab mm-hmm. and drove a cab, mostly up, but on and off till 97. Tried going to grad school, quit after one semester, uh, went for, back to driving what, a cab. Uh, for what in particular? Painting. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't writing in the 90s at all. I still didn't know. Like I didn't start writing about driving a cab until yeah, about 3 years after I quit the first time. So I mm-hmm. yeah, I drove in Boston for about 3 years, but these store all these these experiences kind of kept gnawing at me, you know? So that's when I started trying to put it together to something. Mm-hmm. That's really um, cool. You moved to the US when you were 7 years old. Mhm. Yeah, in 1978. Yeah. And I've I've read the you know former Soviet Union. Yes, whereabouts yep. from Moscow. Oh, really? Moscow, big city. Yeah. What uh, What brought your family over here? That seems like a huge jump. 
It is. Uh, and, you know, I've asked them, it's, it's, you know, they wanted uh, a, a lot of kind of obvious stuff like, you know, freedom. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being my, able my, to my think. My mom was actually, uh, my mom was born and raised in uh, former Yugoslavia, came here when she was like nine years old. So I've heard, I've heard right. similar stories from my grandparents, but. Yeah. And uh, also, yeah, the, you know, they, they were a young family. They wanted to start somewhere, you know, somewhere new, uh, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they, I guess they always had this strong feeling that uh, they weren't allowed to be who they were supposed to be there. And yeah, I mean, they're also Jews, uh, which, you know, despite the advertising, the Soviet Union was not kind to Jews. Right. Uh, at the beginning they were, but it, it quickly reverted to sort of, you know, tribal tribal uh, prejudices, which, you know, Russians are not not fans of Jews, as is, you know, almost mm -hmm. nobody is. But, yeah, yeah. it's not a happy place for, for Jews to, to be. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but, yeah, it's a lot of complicated reasons, and I don't, yeah, I don't entirely know. I don't know if they know exactly, and it's a strange thing to be, you know, to uproot your life when you're 30. Mm -hmm. They were 30 when they moved, and they had two little kids. And, uh, you know, kind of just starting careers. Uh, one of the consequences was that my mom had been a gynecologist back there. She wasn't able to do that here because you have to start all over again. And her English wasn't good enough. And she had two little kids. So mm -hmm. she had to have, find a new career. So that was a big consequence. Um, yeah, yeah. Why, why, I wonder yeah. Why, they, why they make you start over. Like, that's pretty interesting you'd think medicine uh, they don't recognize the uh any of the degree foreign degrees yeah uh, i don't I know. know if other countries are the same i don't know if every country's that way but america is uh, yeah yeah it's kind of unfortunate uh, well i know they love we we love our um our licenses and our uh our, yeah. our board certifications and, and all that so yeah i i couldn't tell you i don't know the particulars of that but uh yeah. Yeah. It, but it, yeah, I mean, it remains, it was and remains like sort of the central event of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And you like remember, do you have like certain memories? Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, because I, yeah, I went to a little over half of first grade there. First okay. grade, at least there, for some reason, was you were seven in first grade. And so, yeah, I came here and uh, they immediately put me in second grade, but what should have been third grade. So they lost me a year of my life, <laughs> which I still haven't forgiven the U S <laughs> school system for making me stuck in school for an extra year. But yeah, the other issue being that I, I had no English, but uh, you know, at, at seven, you're just a sponge. And mm -hmm. uh, I was in ESL classes for a bit, but not for very long. So yeah, you, you soak up a language and it also helped help that there was not a big, Russian speaking community in Boston at the time there there's a huge one now but uh so I had no Russian speaking friends I just had okay. my family yeah uh, so it's full immersion you know learning language that's how you do it uh, yeah my grandparents moved to like little Croatia uh, in Ohio you know mm -hmm. <laughs> right after they left Croatia and it's like they they can barely speak English still still to this day so sure yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, if you have a built-in community where you move to whatever new country, uh, you can you can spend your whole life not not learning English mm -hmm. uh, and get by. You know, if you, if there are economic and other you know structures in place, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, here there's many yeah many communities where you don't have to speak English. But yeah, I didn't I didn't have that uh, option or luxury or what have you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I know you, you've talked about the painting and probably everyone asks you about Russia because I think it's fascinating. But uh, 
all hack like it's, it's your first book right uh well the first yeah it's see it's complicated so when people ask me how many books i've written it's either six or four <laughs> because i sort of restarted uh the first book was called hack stories from a chicago cab and it came out in 2011 and mm-hmm. was put out by university of chicago press and that book happened because uh somebody at university of chicago press uh was like got interested in my in my uh uh zines in a, a blog that i had started mm-hmm. when i started driving a cab in chicago uh so it was sort of a totally charmed blessed path to publication you know mm-hmm. from somebody who had no in no concept of what any of that entailed i was asked to publish a book and hadn't like, been writing that long either you know like no yeah. uh i i'd been at you know i was asked to write a book by one of the the most reputable university presses in right. the world you know uh and it took i mean they're incredibly thorough and it went through many many drafts and there was a peer review they have all this stuff it's not like commercial public publishing mm-hmm. where uh so it was, it was about two years from the time I signed the contract to when the book came out. Okay. Uh, and and that sort of substituted, in retrospect, I can see uh, a grad school or a writing program for me because it was my first, really, some of my first experiences with editing, with editors, you know, how you put together a manuscript, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, then... And yeah, the rest of my quote unquote career, publishing career has been all just bass backwards, you know, like the second one was, it was, there was a continuation. Uh, I don't like calling it a sequel, but like it was called Where To and it was put out by Curbside Splendor in 2014. And they were kind of my last resort. Like I was, I'd hoped that that, that first book, which got some, you know, it got some good press and it sold okay, but, uh. I was hoping I could get an agent and do all the other shit that you're supposed to, that they tell you is, you know, there's a progression mm-hmm. and none of it happened. Uh, I ended up doing a Kickstarter to raise some funds to stop driving a cab so I could finish the second book and wound up not coming back to driving a cab. Yeah. And I, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find an agent. I couldn't find any press to publish this book uh, until curbside splendor showed up at the last second. I was about to self publish it. Uh, because I owed, uh, I owed contributors copies, you know, <laughs> like, so they were, they were sort of a last resort and, uh, yeah. And after that, uh, and, and that, and that press kind of imploding, uh, there was, yeah, there was about five years when nothing was published and I had, uh, several projects go, go off the rails for various reasons and just a lot of frustration mm-hmm. until, until I just randomly pitched Jerry a tortoise, this, uh, this music book. And, and then he surprisingly bit, bit on it. And the, but then I had to put together the book <laughs> and that, oh, that's so where you, you approached him just kind of with like a, an idea or maybe a short a yeah, short I, excerpt. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of kind of like essay kind of things with, with these drawings that I'd been doing, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a whole book, but then, so then, after he accepted, I went through my 30 years of sketchbooks of people playing music and chose like, I think it ended up being like 160 drawings and used those as a prompt, as a jumping off point for all the writing that is included. In that yeah, book. it's a really cool concept. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I have a really good friend who is a painter and a writer as well. 
And I'm always interested, like, especially because I'm thinking about you driving a cab, like in the cab years. And say you get some mm-hmm. character in the back and you know that, you know, he or she is material. Yeah. How does your brain work from that point? Like, I mean, if I see somebody, I'm able to, like, go on my phone or write something in a notepad. Yeah. You're literally driving a car. So do you... Yeah. I mean, you, it's obviously an exercise in memory, but, like, are you more yeah. inclined to paint that person or are you, like, you drop them off, you pull over and you write everything down? Like, how does... I'm just curious about how that works. It happened right. to... Yeah, it happened a bunch of different ways, but uh, one of the things that happened uh, for note-taking is when, you know, I'd, I'd started uh, going on Twitter. Uh, I joined Twitter in, like, I don't know, 2007, I think. Okay. And it it quickly became like a note taking and a thing like where I could just like report from the front lines what what Twitter is best at you know mm-hmm. you just toss off like a quick thing from right you know like from the front row from right where it's happening you yeah. know but those those tweets became like notes and so I actually have tweets in in all the cab books you know like actual mm-hmm. tweets you know like saved ones that I didn't expand into longer things. But the way the longer entries, so it was, yeah, at that point it was, it was a blog, uh, basically. So what I would do before writing anything, any blog entries was, uh, do a drawing or a painting, uh, either of the scene I was going to write about or the person. Okay. And then, and that would lead me into the writing. So it's always been that way with me, with the, the creative writing, like the visual stuff mm-hmm. is really, really important, if not most important, you know? And are you ever, um, you're usually, you know, it sounds like you're writing from your own paintings, but are you ever like, do you ever see other people's paintings and it gives you like a cue to, to start writing or, or is it mostly uh, how you process things? No, uh, not my own writing. I mean, I've done, I mean, now I've done quite a bit of sort of journalism, you know, kind of like essays, you know, reviews and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and they're obviously you take off from the book or the painting or the movie or what have you, you know, the play. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's, that's, that's a whole other kind of writing. That's more, I, I feel like that stuff is more like go to the gym, you know, like it's not, it's not, it's not the real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it, it it's a way to supplement, you know, my living. <laughs> right. So there, there's definitely, that's a big part of it. Uh, yeah. I actually was casting about to see what, my next book would be after I finished the, the bar one, which is the last one I put out a few months ago. And so I made this mm-hmm. folder with like all the journalism and reviews and shit. And I read through them and I just realized I I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. It's, mm-hmm. This is a means to an end. It's fine. But I don't think anybody outside of the context of, you know, it's, it's a, there's a, there's a sell by date to a lot of that stuff unless you're just a, a genius of criticism, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. essayist, you know, there's, it, it's pegged to a time and a place, you know what I mean? And it doesn't probably, yeah, doesn't it's hard to make that book. stuff like universal and, and sell it five yeah. years later. Right. Right. Especially, especially now where I don't even remember last week's news, you know? Yeah. And now that, you know, these things can be archived in a million different ways mm-hmm. digitally, you know, so why kill trees for that? Right. You know, like it's probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's been occupying me a lot too. Is like why, you know, there's just so, so many books and so many of them really don't need to be in physical form, you mm-hmm. know, because 
it's probably not their ideal form. So I, it's another reason that I've taken extra time with design and images and stuff. So because so I want my books to be something that was worth killing the tr a couple of trees for yeah, at least, yeah. or potentially worth killing the trees. Mm -hmm. no, but, Do you think? You know, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, if you you know you write a pot boiler, you know, like you write a detective story, and those are great. Uh, but like once you finish that detective story, you throw it somewhere and it gathers dust. It's not going to be like a thing that you need to keep or pass on right. really even, you know. So why? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why? Why waste the paper and stuff? It's funny know. you say that. I'm yeah. reading. Uh, I'm reading Platform by Michelle Welbeck right now. I don't know if you've ever mm. read any of him, but I've never read anything of his. I've read about him. I've read some. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He just. He just. Um. He just buried it in the book. He just buried it. The narrator just buried a John Grisham book in the sand and said, uh, oh. "I'm never going to read this twice." So I might as well just put put it in a hole. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it could have been an ebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, my guess or like my hope, I guess, is that books become like like records are now. You know, like LPs. You know, vinyl. Like right. there's a, there's a small loyal audience for that. And there's a reason for them to be a physical form. And there's an argument to be made that that's the ideal way to listen to recorded music, you know? Yeah, but yeah. It's never going to be this mass, you know, center of the culture thing. I mean, you, you go to a thrift store, you see these books and, you know, they used to print like hundreds of thousands of copies of all kinds of books. Mm -hmm. There's just no reason in, in the culture as it is now for, for that many these products to be out there you know what i mean yeah i kind of agree and so you don't think yeah. that like i think a lot of people are hinging on or hoping that you know books will re not only remain relevant but like it'll come back somehow and i i just don't i kind of agree. no no there's no coming back but yeah. it's not but at the same time i'll never not read books uh right i right. hate i hate reading anything more than a few pages on a screen it's horrible it's a mm -hmm. terrible experience, uh, mm -hmm. and I have to do it like when I'm writing a review for something that's not printed yet, or somebody wants a blurb or what have you. Mm -hmm. That's a necessary evil, so I do it. But it's not, it's not in any way the same. Yeah. But it's, I'm, you know, I come from painting, uh, you know, uh, an art form that peaked, depending on who you ask, in the, you know, 18th, 19th century. You know, <laughs> so I'm very, very uh, <laughs> sort of aware of. Uh, you know forms that are have their time and whose time is in the past and i didn't it wasn't uh, a contrarian thing that made me get into this it's just just happened to be the mode of expression that worked mm -hmm. uh, and yeah i can't imagine not painting or not trying to make books but i have no delusions about it being like you know tiktok or something or yeah, yeah. that's where the culture is and and or and whatever comes after TikTok, you know, who can even, I, I I can't even imagine what would come after TikTok, but uh... who who knows? Who knows? I, I I am looking forward to the time where the when you know, you know Facebook gets swallowed and killed, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one that one especially it's already yeah. almost becoming like a relic, you know. It's just so gigantic. I mean, right. I don't know. Uh, I I you know I made a conscious choice like six years ago to quit all of social media so i i i, I fight my own weird battles you know yeah. my own weird way that's like tough. i gave up so many people in this yeah. industry are so committed to like self-promotion and stuff 
Although, yes. are you on? Are you? Do you lurk Twitter just under a different name? Uh, I, I don't have a Twitter account. Okay, not at all, huh? No, no. Uh, there's one on there that some bot, as soon as I quit Twitter in 2015, I quit Twitter in 2015. Mm-hmm. There's one under my name that's not me. Yeah, and that still got my, Yeah, it's got my, uh, um, what's it called, uh, avatar and stuff, you know? But they, yeah, they can do that. Like they're just sitting on there. Yeah, they're they're trying to, you know, make some money some way, but... No, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll look at Twitter now and then when somebody, you know, sends me something, you know, mm-hmm. but other ones are hard. Like, you know, Instagram, you have to have an account. Yeah, I can't even see it at all. Right. Without an account. Uh, and Facebook, I, I lasted about three months on, you know, when I was with my ex, which was like, you know, like 12 years ago, and it just felt like a, a portal straight to hell and I got, <laughs> got the fuck out of there. But, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, Instagram is Facebook, too, so. <laughs> no, it's totally uh, true. I mean, yeah, it's, they, yeah, they're definitely expanding um, their claws, at, like their tentacles, all throughout. You know, you know, sure. everything digital, and uh, I, I'm, that's probably why they're getting. Well, I know Google's getting probed by the DOJ right now, but uh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, the Proton Mail thing. Yeah, that I got the Proton Mail uh, email when I quit Google. Uh, I quit. I don't use, you know, Google search. I try not to use, you know, like YouTube is kind of inescapable, yeah. uh, but I don't use it much. Uh, I quit Google drive. I don't, I try if, if it's a conscious choice, I don't use Google products. Good. I was very pleased. Or, or, I used Proton yeah. mail as well. I was great to see. It was great to see that you had a Proton mail uh, URL. Yeah. And you know, these are all there. These are tiny, tiny, you know, so you're like, you're a fucking ant, you know, mm-hmm. against an iceberg or whatever. Right. Uh, it's and you can, you can scream and yell all you want and nobody you know you look ridiculous you look like a nut <laughs> right i mean people think i have this phone that people think is a calculator you know like <laughs> I, I call it my amish phone uh but uh it's great all yeah. it does is talk and text uh there's no camera on it there's no access to the internet of any kind mm. and i spend a shitload of time on the internet but when I leave my house, I don't want it to be in my pocket. And I'm so compulsive that like it helped ruin like a whole relationship, you know, when mm-hmm. before I quit all this stuff, you know, yeah, Twitter helped end it in the fact that I had to keep checking and refreshing and doing all the things these, all these apps were made to do, you mm-hmm. know, they, and I'm totally, it's not like I'm preaching from on high or anything. I'm just at, like worse than average, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally fell into it. And so now, you know, I, I try to fight the good fight a little bit. Well, do you feel better? I, I often feel... Oh, I often, yeah. I often can't like, imagine that Twitter doesn't have a negative impact on a creative writing mindset. Yeah, you're, you're using up a lot of good material. Yeah. Uh, and well, like I was saying earlier about uh, taking notes for the cab stuff, like then Twitter actually served a purpose for me. But after I quit, I quit driving a cab in 2012. It it very quickly became a thing. And I lasted another couple of years on there. But it, it felt gross. And it felt like just like this kind of self-promotional, like mm-hmm. this endless fucking trumpet that you have to keep trumpeting. And you, you feel gross. And people get... uh you know, put out because you don't follow them back. And I, I don't, didn't follow them back because I was so compulsive. I would look through my timeline at, when I'd get up in the morning through for all the stuff I missed, you know? Mm-hmm. So the solution to that was not to follow many people. So there mm-hmm. wasn't much of a timeline, but 
you know, people get put out because it, it, it creates all these expectations. Oh, um, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm so fucking happy not to have to like or follow anybody ever again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I always, yeah. I always wonder like when people follow me or, or, well, if I like miss it or something, then I feel this tremendous guilt. Like they probably feel really bad that, yeah, that I, yeah. I, I did, you know, it's just stupid. But the, and it's, but these are natural human feelings. Uh, right. It's like, it's, but like, yeah, the, the reason these apps have you do this is, you know, they have their own. They're like, you know, it's their, you're playing on their hamster wheel and why should it be free? You know, like, yeah, everybody pays one way or the other, you know, mm -hmm. either money or data or who knows what the fuck else they get. But yeah. Well, it's good to hear. I mean, it's refreshing to know that it's it's not required to poor writer. No, no, it was like, it felt like, it felt like waking from a nightmare. Like suddenly, <laughs> like I went, I had a very vivid moment. Like I think it was, it was in the music book where I went to, to see a show and I drew the band in my sketchbook. And then I went to take a picture of it with my phone and realized it was pointless because I couldn't post it on Twitter. And at that point I was on Instagram because Instagram was like the, the methadone to the Twitter heroin, you know, <laughs> yeah. I thought I would downscale, you know, like ease out, but like it didn't work because mm -hmm. uh, Instagram wasn't nearly as satisfying to me at that point. Uh, but I realized I was in a room full of strangers and there was nowhere that I was going to get the, the approval or whatever. Right. There's nobody to share it with. I was just in a room full of strangers. Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, I, I started looking around again, you know, take take the sketchbooks on the bus, on the train. You know, I did a whole series of uh, like these marker painting drawings of people on, I would just ride the bus or train from from the beginning to the end, you know, of the run mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, I've always dreamt of doing that, but I've never done yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I have a bunch of them. Yeah, they're they're on my site somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> on, I think in the sketchbook section. But uh, what's your site for people who don't know? Just DimitriSamarov.com, uh, right? Yeah, it's DimitriSamarov.com, and okay. then yeah, that links links to everything else. I have a the only kind of yeah quasi social media thing I do is this newsletter. I do a Substack. Uh, oh, is, do you? you know, I'm, yeah, I, well, I'll, I'll be signing up for that. I did not know that. So. Cool. Yeah, there's a yeah. You get a yeah the fr the free thing you get a there's a newsletter every Monday and I've been doing it faithfully for six, seven, eight years or something mm -hmm. uh, over se several platforms. It's been on Substack since last year sometime, but uh, okay. if, if you, if you pay something, you get another one Thursday and uh, yeah, it sort of organizes my week. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like a faith, you know, it gives a shape to the week. The, well, this yeah. writing thing. Yeah. Um, As you know, I just tried to, I just did the first selected prose newsletter. I'm trying to, mm -hmm get a feel yeah. for how that works but um so i'll be interested to see how, how your Substack operates and you include art in there i'm sure oh yeah right. a ton of art a few links sometimes it's i use it in a, a little bit of a similar way as i used to use twitter where i just post work work in progress without any ex explanation nice and cool. the, the thing i'm working on now is fiction and fiction is kind of new for me too i mean the first uh I, the the only you know official fiction thing i've published so far is that bar book yeah well i was gonna uh, i wanted yeah. to ask you too yeah. just because like how would you categorize you know like for example all hack like how would you categorize that in terms of uh i i'm bad at uh elevator like, like, pitches but yeah the, the best one i came up with is illustrated work memoir okay you know like 
Yeah. And it's because it's not it's yeah, it's this hybrid thing. It's not a it's not a graphic novel. It's not fiction it, but obviously it's not re reportage you know yeah it's not exactly. like you know so well, it's this weird nebulous thing yeah it's just weird because uh a lot of the discussion at least on the internet is always centered on auto fiction which mm -hmm. yeah confuses me actually i still after all this time don't know if anyone has like an actual definition for it or so some somebody had a great I, some somewhere i heard on some podcast maybe like where they when they first heard auto fiction, they thought it was about cars, you know. Yeah, it's that's yeah. I guess that's that whole Knausgaard thing, like the everybody. Yeah, I guess he's, about he's frequently but, brought up, and yeah. I don't know, right? Extremely autobiographical. How it's separate from memoir, I'm not exactly sure, but um, you know, either way, I I I was I just interviewed Tao Lin. I posted mm -hmm. that a couple of days ago, but. Something I like about his writing and your writing is like just the style. I think that whatever he wants to call his stuff, autofiction, but you guys both write like very clearly and in a way that is pretty minimal, yeah. at least in my opinion. Now, I'm wondering who inspired your style or or uh, did you experiment with like, were you over like when I started writing, I was like overly wordy and yeah, ran who, out who was an who was an early like who was the first influence for you? Um. Well, I start. I I got really early on. I got really into like Beckett and like more complicated kind of stuff. That uh, I'm, I'm that's trying. That's pretty pared. That's pared down, though. I mean, yeah, Beckett he is pared down. But I guess it doesn't yeah. really matter who was like an like. I guess in terms of my writing, I wasn't good enough to like. I didn't like pastiche people and try to like improve and find my own style. I yeah. just kind of sucked at writing for a while, and then <laughs> did a lot of workshops and kind of read a lot and figured out how that worked but i mean i'm was right. it always fiction uh was yeah it, yeah yeah okay i mean presently i mean I, i'm i would one of my favorite writers of all time is uh celine um I, I was just gonna bring up celine he's a very early influence and a guy who's uh, who's uh you know stylistic ticks i had to get beaten out of me basically by editors at ufc press i i wrote i used to do that ellipsis thing that he does mm -hmm. in you know and yeah, death on the installment plan. Specifically, yeah, I mean, I love. I just, I love. Both. I read that in high school. I so loved that book, uh, even better than the other one, uh, the journey. Yeah, I liked it more too. I actually, incidentally, like. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess <laughs> to answer your earlier question, I didn't have enough of influences growing up, like in high school. Like we just read. I just read the standard, you know, Clockwork Orange or whatever. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, uh, Catcher in the Rye, all the American education yeah. system stuff, but. But once I started to take writing seriously and then like mm -hmm. serendipitously came across Celine, that mm -hmm. kind of something clicked for me. Um, yeah. How did you get to Cel Celine? It's such a pretentious story, but like I was uh, in Paris with some old friends and we went to Shakespeare mm -hmm. and Company. Ah. And I was like, it's not that pretentious. <laughs> I was explaining, I was explaining <laughs> to the clerk kind of like, the Amer the American writing that I had enjoyed, but also just feeling kind of, I needed something like energizing and and refreshing. I I remember feel, uh, I f was feeling a little bit bored with fiction, uh -huh. and she just oh. like, for whatever reason she like <laughs> she like lit up and she just like brought me to, uh, death. On, they, this this version, the Mannheim version, they translated to Death on Credit. Oh, and I Death on Credit, and I uh, yeah. I devoured that and. Uh, I mean, it just kind of changed things for me. I, I just was, 
Celine from here on out. Well, yeah, uh, I I got to him through. I got to him from Bukowski. Yeah, that's that's Bukowski. Bukowski always cited. Yeah, Bukowski. That was one of his favorite writers, and I read Bukowski. I had a big Bukowski phase in high school. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I got through my Bukowski (laughs) fixation in high school. I went to art school with a bunch of people that were like full on trying to live it. You know, yeah, yeah, is 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 not needless to say not a healthy uh, habit habit or hobby to have you know to yeah to try to try to be a bukowski uh but bukowski led me to celine yeah so, so what yeah, about what about i'm, I'm glad that's I at least pre- pretentious or 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 cliched you know as your as shakespeare <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean um it's i i'm glad i often i don't even want to discuss the political stuff because i think it's just not that interesting i think he was just a psychopath like for a yeah period in his life outside of the page but um I yeah mean, not a good not a good guy obviously and no, yeah you don't get but you don't get to get much further than that at least in my experience like in new york city discussing mm-hmm. Celine or his work without people kind of fixating on that so i'm glad to hear that you like him uh well know. that's i mean yeah that's more the larger cultural moment we're in where we're trying to draw a very stark contrast between good and bad people mm-hmm. and and we we want I I think it's a, I maybe it's a noble effort, but like it's bound to fail to to only be looking for, for artists to be good people. Uh, yeah, we're we're not going to be enjoying much art that way sooner or later. And uh, yeah, no, people, I completely. The people agree. that are accepted now will be written out later. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, yeah. I remember I remember there was a, uh, someone in my class who. Like kind of just dismissed him outright because of his, you know, political mm-hmm. sure. nonsense. But anyway, I, I then I like went on to send her. Uh, I, I learned that like Ginsburg and and company, the Beats, were like obsessed with Celine. That and makes they, sense. They would like I didn't know to, that, but that makes yeah. Yeah, and they would go out to like visit him, and as someone described him once as like vomiting raspberries. That's how they described his uh-huh. writing. But you know, their political beliefs obviously they weren't. Um, they didn't, you know, Allen Ginsberg didn't identify with Nazis, but he really, really respected Celine for for what he did on the page. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm wondering what what it is about him in particular, like what clicked for you when you read him. Oh, or, well, I mean, it's been take us back yeah, to like when you first read him. What your, you know, your thoughts? I mean, it, it just seemed like such an uh, like it seemed like ripped from real life. Uh, you know, it seemed like piece like. Unlike other like quote unquote literature, you know, this was just like pieces of like you know, what whatever cliche you want, you know, bleeding on the page or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that that style he had, that thing with the ellipsis, you know, rather than traditional paragraphs. And you know, uh, there's something super appealing to me. And you know, when I made my first shit ass furtive efforts to write <laughs> i i totally took that you know and yeah. try to do that and i had to have a couple of like well-traveled uh editors beat beat that out of me yeah uh, because because it wasn't mine it was it was an affectation it didn't work you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah but it's, it's it's fair to start somewhere i think and just well you have to no no everybody imitates that's how you learn mm-hmm. uh I mean, the weird thing for me is back when I was reading Celine, I had no inkling that I would write anything. I, I've been weirdly at, over the past couple of years, but especially in lockdown, rereading some like old favorites just to see how they read now. Mm-hmm. Because these are like favorite books 
at the time, in a time before I had any aspiration or inkling that I would write myself. And it's so interesting to reread this stuff, having actually written some stuff. So, yeah, I reread uh, Underworld, DeLillo's Underworld, and that was just amazing to watch. You know, it's, it's, it's like a fucking orchestra conductor. I have no idea how he balanced all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm a having huge actually... DeLillo fan as well. It's really, it's really hard to... I mean, it's just... Not take yeah. him, like, view him as, like... I mean, he's just... It's so interesting to be alive while DeLillo is alive, and, and we're just kind of among a... Ma- <laughs> we're just with, like, we're living among a master, you know? I mean, he's just... Yeah, incredible. it's pretty cool. And But they, I also reread, uh, uh, let's see, Henry Miller's Tropic of Cancer, and I had no idea how deep that thing burrowed into me, and I just mm-hmm. loved it. I, I read that really young, too, but... I, I would come upon phrases in that book that I know I've cribbed and had no idea where they came from. And it was totally Henry Miller. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I reread uh, Cormac McCarthy's Sutri, another favorite. You know, like all these things, I, let's see, I started, I haven't finished, but I'm going through my third rereading of uh, William Gaddis's JR. Oh, okay. One. Did you read the record? <laughs> Have you ever read that? Not JR. I read all, oh, I've, I've read all of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I read Recognitions twice and. JR, I'm on the third time. I kind of want to talk about Gaddis real quick. So, like, JR is just astounding. I mean, <laughs> I know that, yeah. um, I know that they're like, re, or, uh, who was it? Like, New York, NYRB is like releasing a new Gaddis series or something, or they did this year. So, he's been all over the internet, yeah. like, new version. Yeah. But I am always, uh, so I read, um, a frolic of his own because I, I'm mm-hmm. like pretty interested in, the ridiculousness of the legal world and uh mm-hmm. i've read but i never i never what i never got to recognitions or jr they just scare the shit out of me but i'm waiting for somebody to explain like why i should read them well I, they're they're very different books uh, they're different books i mean i think recognitions is is more i'm you know it's 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 dense but it's more or less a traditional you know big like you know it's his kind of i don't know it's like a Thomas Mann book or something like mm-hmm. there's a lot of characters and it's a big it's a big canvas you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, and it, it's a lot about art and fraud it's a lot about fraud you know and kind of like what all that means uh what's yeah. real uh and uh, failure and success uh mm-hmm. it's all, yeah all these themes that yeah occupy me a lot but uh uh JR is a book that is almost entirely made of speech Mm-hmm. like and unattributed uh just talking and you have to figure out who's talking by the rhythms of the way they're talking and it goes on for like 800 pages <laughs> and the but subject it's matter a, is really funny yeah it's a it's a total takedown of the american economic system yeah <laughs> like it's it's a it's just it's brutal uh like biting satire like and really funny mm-hmm. and ridiculous and he just had like an amazing gift for taking chunks of like corporate speak and like this this kind of canned kind of boilerplate uh these uh the way that business people talk you know mm-hmm. and and putting them into the into these the mouths of these characters these kind of like and well, it's that, you know that, it's about a ki- a, a kid who hood a ten year old kid who hoodwinks the whole stock market you know right. like yeah which is you know, very possible. Yeah. That must be, uh, that must have, uh, so like somebody like Gaddis, I know <clears throat> there's a good author, Evan Darrow too, who does mostly like, um, speech. I've heard of him. I, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't read 
mostly dialogue but as a cab driver or somebody like attuned to that kind of I mean, that's that's kind of your only option is speech in a rearview mirror you know were you compelled ever to experiment with like a more jr type of writing uh i mean there's a lot in in the in the cab books there's a lot of you know like pieces of speech you mm -hmm. know because mm -hmm. i was listening all the time mm -hmm. uh but yeah i i didn't i mean there's not because uh i hadn't written that much at that point when i was writing the cab stuff i was just really concentrating on trying to get it down as simply as possible and i'd been trying to do that for a couple of books it, it wasn't until yeah maybe the bar one or the thing i'm working on now that i finally feel like i can kind of let loose a little bit mm -hmm. and and throw stuff in there that's just funny and weird uh, yeah because i feel like i've i've finally logged in enough hours or pages or whatever however people measure these things uh yeah yeah funny and weird is a great way to describe it though that's like uh i mean inevitable that you'd run into funny and weird like and you yeah you're getting excerpts like these kind of completely out of context pieces of people's lives mm -hmm. and you, you will never find out anything more about them you know unless you get involved which is inevitably a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you can either make up or like the what are, what's the rest of their lives and how do how does it connect together and mm. uh, it's all these middles and all these just fragments. Yeah. Something I don't talk about enough on with mm -hmm. guests on the podcast, but I'm I'm interested mm -hmm. in is kind of like work. I mean, we were talking about Bukowski and stuff, and sure, it's like a lot of like literature writing about work and and. Yeah, people are often fascinated uh, by like day jobs that authors might have because because being mm -hmm. an author is kind of a labor intensive thing. Sure, like, yeah. So, so cab driving, I mean, especially. But what what other jobs have you held, and like, how do you? What's your strategy for managing both, and like, you know, not letting one take over the other? Um, and what, well, what, do you, what do you do now for work? It sort of run the gamut, but I, I've never had a quote unquote, real professional job. I've never had a salary job in my life and I'm about to turn 51. Uh, I've, I've always kind of call you lucky. I think something, uh, I don't know if I'm lucky, but uh, you know, I've had to make choices and sacrifices and, and uh, yeah, people like, well, my ex-wife included uh, was just horrified when <laughs> we got together at the state of you know, like somebody with like no bank account. Like mm -hmm. at that point I, I wasn't even, I was totally underground. I wasn't, I was doing everything in cash, mm -hmm. which was a habit from early cab driving days. I wasn't filing taxes, you know, <clears throat> much Shit easier like that. to live. Yeah. Uh, it became untenable and obvious. Also it became obvious that I wasn't screwing anybody over. I was being screwed over by like, not, you know, like I, w I wasn't tricking anyone, you know, it's not like I'm like some billionaire who's hiding profits or right, anything, right. you know, it wasn't ever, big amounts of money. I was just getting by and, mm -hmm. uh, but I've had, yeah. So when I was driving a cab, I would work up to 80 hours a week. I mean, I, that was more than full time, you know, down to now when I, I bartend once a week, sometimes a couple of times a week. And the rest, the rest is a bunch of weird kind of uh ragtag, uh, freelance things, mm -hmm. this, that editing jobs, reviews, uh, do a lot of pet portraits. Those are really popular. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have to say, too, I'm going to include these going forward for patrons and stuff. But 
the postcards and the matchbooks you sent me were absolutely gorgeous. Thanks. Yeah, Thank they you. really. They yeah, really that, that's the fun stuff, you know. Like, yeah, I like making the. Yeah, I've I've done the the two matchbooks for two of the books, and that's kind of my my marketing camp, my weird like low low tech marketing campaign. I leave them everywhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> leave yeah. a like a snail trail <laughs> follows me around, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's and it took a lot long time. Like it, I I would say. It took until I was into my forties that I could humble myself enough to like consider doing an illustration or like, God forbid, a, a pet portrait because like my art was much, much too important to be lowered. Mm-hmm. But now I, I measure everything against like, would I rather do this? Would I rather do this portrait of a dog or, or sit in a car for 12, 14 hours? And yeah. You know that yeah, life and uh, age has a way of humbling you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, now now I yeah, I whore, whore out my talent this every which way. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. You know. Uh, Everybody else know, is doing it. It's it's, it's a balance. It's yeah, it's a it's a balancing act. It, it's something. Yeah, it still sometimes doesn't feel good, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, getting off social media also like yeah, in the past six years has really helped uh, with and, that <clears throat> equilibrium. Yeah. Do you, do you plan forever, you know, going forward to to merge the visual and the and the written? I'd like to do it more. I'm I, what I've been doing and started. I think during lockdown was I started doing collages, mm-hmm. and the collages are made not of generally not of photography, but from like old artwork and old like homework assignments and stuff. So there's bits of words and stuff, and some of them at like start to be kind of narratives, but I'm. I'm trying to marry the images and the words completely, you know, yeah. like, so they're, they're like one thing. Uh, I, I don't yet know how uh, coherent that will be for anybody. Uh, it definitely won't be as e- easy a read as like the cab books and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also but, yeah. still trying to stay away from like a gra- a graphic novel type thing, right? Yeah, I can't, I didn't like, I, I have some, I have respect for, for comic books but I didn't grow up with them. And mm-hmm. uh, the stuff I like is more of the kind of alternative, like out there kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like people like Chris Ware, like, you know who Chris Ware is? No. Uh, look him up. He, he, he does amazing formal stuff with, with a form or, or more, more classic underground people like Robert Crumb or whatever. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't grow up with like superheroes or any of that. And the, the whole panel thing, I sort of don't, on a fundamental level, know how to read a comic book in a way that you have to like the, the, the text and the image never quite marry for mm-hmm. me. I just tried a uh, publisher just sent me this, like, you know, now there's all these nonfiction graphic books, you know? And yeah, I've read, about... I've read a few of them. I remember like the, a early yeah. one that came out that one about Katrina, I forget what it was called, but that mm. was, that was like one of, that was like a big turning point for like nonfiction uh yeah and i tried to i tried to look i flipped through it and you know they were hoping i was going to review it somewhere but i'm not going to because well a i i think the art sucks in it i'm not going to say what book it is but uh i i I get i get i think i'm more a harsher more judgmental about the artwork than the writing i Mm -hmm. tend to be maybe it's just because i've logged more years but uh yeah also yeah this there's this disconnect oftentimes with the 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 balloons of words and the images. I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking and what I'm supposed to be doing first, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, and they kind of separate. Right. Uh, and yeah. There's a lot of smarter people and people have 
they're working at that actual art form that have interesting uh, insights into that. But I, yeah, I just, I wouldn't even know where to start uh, with that. Yeah. That, uh, the I way, mean, I've never even yeah. tried to read a graphic novel. I mean, well, that's not true. I've tried, but I'm kind of with you. I just end up reading the text and then I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. missing half of it. Like I just, don't have yeah. the eye to pay attention. So yeah, then you're jumping from text box to text box and then you miss all the artwork. Yeah, so in my books, yeah, uh, the pictures, you can look at the pictures and you can look at the words. And they do, I mean, there are sometimes the uh, pictures illustrate the words, so, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a one, they're not all just uh, traditional illustrations. But uh, yeah, there's different ways you can do that. But the, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how, yeah, I don't yet know how, where this will end up, yeah, <laughs> is yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, that, that makes it exciting, though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. How did, uh, what made you decide to, to start this thing, this this podcast? Um, well. Uh, sorry to veer in a totally different direction. No, no, it's okay. I, um. You've been going what about a year or so? Or yeah, we'll be we'll be at a year in like a couple like two months. I think I've been like ten months yeah. now. But mm. um, I guess well, this is kind of terrible to say because a lot of people probably listen from my program. But I'm currently like in an MFA. I'm in an MFA program, and then I had yeah. taken a lot of like workshops and stuff in. Uh -huh. Is it two or three years? How long is that? Two years. It, yeah. Two years. Yeah. Um, and I guess. The way that workshops and everything work, it's a little bit, uh, it's almost like more democratic where it seems like if I were to submit a piece, I'll just get like 12 different opinions that are, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely satisfied with like the writing advice that I was receiving. But then oh, I had okay. this. But then I had this friend David, who David Leo Rice. He's the first person I interviewed, mm -hmm. and like any time we would go out and like have a beer or something, I was just yeah. like, yeah. I feel re-energized. I feel ready to go work on my yeah. stuff. I have a new understanding, and uh, so huh. then, like so then I just start like, well, I have access to these professors at NYU, and I have some friends around the city yeah. who are writers. I'd rather just hear it like from them, like you know, right. I've. I've my professor like Hannah Tinty. I don't know if you've heard of her or Darren, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah, like Darren Strauss and uh, Darren Strauss, right? When everyone kind of, you know, when he's running a class, it's different than being able to directly ask him like, "How did you write this book?" And I just wanted more like salient advice, uh, and I didn't want it to be spread out over twelve. So you, you're just you're just pumping all of us for for shit, huh? You're pumping it for, exactly. For... So that's that, that, <laughs> good. That, that's my main idea behind it. Was like I want better. I, want, <laughs> I, I personally want to get better at writing, so I'm just going to ask people how to do it. Uh, no, it's great. I mean, you're really good at it. I don't know. Like, I, it's a it's a sort of a it's a hard to pinpoint thing, uh, but a lot of people are really bad at it. Like the in interview especially like writer interviews <laughs> yeah I listen to a lot of them and yeah for whatever reason yeah you're good at it oh so. thank you so much man I appreciate yeah it. yeah well yeah, they're gonna, super engaging yeah <laughs> i'm gonna keep it going i mean this is the first time we're like it's been you know for better or for worse uh covid has made life simpler for me so yeah. in terms of like right. having the time to do this and now i'm going back to the office i work for the government so i got to go to some government office twice a week and then oh. and then um and then you know getting married and so so it's slowing down but i i plan on keeping it going for a while and 
you know, you That's get, cool. you get yeah. some great nuggets out of people. And it's funny because I have this friend, Justin Brooks, my friend who's a writer and a painter who I know he'd love your work. Uh, and and we we always try to talk about how to like merge the visual and the text without doing like a graphic novel or or something, you know, like a, we just we just feel like there's a way to do it. And we're kind of, you know, we, we talk about this often. Um, and so I'm interested to, I'm sure he, I haven't, you know, showed him your books yet, but I know he's going to love to see it and kind of see where you take this project going forward. That's cool. That, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked me to do this. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. I also want to know, too, it, I'm going to start asking people more often, but what uh, what are you reading now? Anything good? I'm reading a book I should have probably read a long time ago called uh, was it Frederick Exley's uh, Fans Notes. Okay. You ever read that book? No, but the Fans Notes. But... It's one of these books that like a lot of people will recommend to you, and I finally got to it. It's just amazing. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to write it down. Well, actually, I don't need to do that because I'm going to produce this episode and hear it again. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just makes it. And it's a lot. It's about sort of fame and failure and like you know mental breakdowns and alcoholism and yeah. all these things uh and it's yeah speaking of autofiction you know there's you know it's a, it's it's a novel but uh it's there's just there's no way that a lot of it's not taken from right. actual experience right and i mean that's what i learned i i never could understand why anybody would do fiction like because uh, from the cab and everything else from the bars and restaurants I've worked at like people just do think why do you have to make anything up but right. and what I realize is you don't have to make anything up but you have to change people's names and timelines to protect the guilty basically yeah you know, like absolutely I, yeah I have yeah I have an ex that's not speaking to me anymore because of that bar book you know, mm. <laughs> you know? so and I know Nelsgard <laughs> went through a lot of that stuff too where, yeah and you know, it's just but it's unavoidable. Where, where do you think the art comes from exactly? Right. You know, so if you get involved with, well, like one of these monsters, you know, yeah. like me, uh, you, you got, you know, you got nobody to blame but yourself. And totally. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would say all the time, be, like, I, I, you knew who I was, you know? Yeah. So. I would totally be flattered. Like, and I have an afterward in the bar book that just says, you know, my afterward is called slander, you know, addressing this, mm -hmm. that, you know, if, if you, recognize yourself in this book yeah you're right it, the book <laughs> isn't about you and be, it's because i was thinking about you and now you know i put you in my book and you should be fucking flattered basically. yeah for sure i mean i'd love i'd love, I'd love to be flattered. a villain in somebody's book that'd be yeah. great i'd be so happy you know for like sure. that means they took time out of their day and, and all the other things that they could have been thinking or doing and they thought about me enough to Put in their thing you know? yeah you know in the grand scheme of all, all the people, positive yeah. all the people and things and experiences and sensations they've had they narrowed it down to to you and a few others that would feel really great i know i know so yeah i don't know why people get upset uh, yeah like even 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 when the writers make make monsters out of them you know yeah I mean, my, yeah my only yeah the thing i always checked was if it wasn't just when i put somebody in the book uh, it wasn't just a way to get back at them for like, like, like putting a woman in and just because she dumped me, you know, like I'm mm -hmm. going to get back at her and make, make her into a, this horror show, you know, but, uh, yeah. I think, I think in my books, I'm pretty even handed about like, you know, the narrator, whoever that is, 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 is no great shakes either, you know, like he's not, not a knight in white, you know, yeah, shining I mean, armor or whatever. And just in terms of character, like, 
black and white characters kind of uh you know they can't be all or nothing they've got to be they've got to have depth and complexity so yeah speaking of yeah people that are being canceled as we speak like i have no problem with uh, uh what's his name philip roth getting 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 kind of put down a couple of notches mm-hmm. my problem with philip roth always was that the jokes in philip roth are always on somebody else like he had no no you know no humor about himself and like you know he he used his books to to get back at people yeah yeah like they're like yeah it's it's gross like what he did and i don't know uh what what is the story behind what he did well he he would endlessly put put people you know like lovers and exes and stuff in his books you know and make make them into monsters and and like the main character, you know, the the stand-ins for him were always sort of monsters, but they were never really like. You could tell that he liked the narrate the narrative, voice or whatever, you know, like whoever the author is, like, was not judging these narrators exactly, mm-hmm. and was even reveling in their bad behavior. You know, mm-hmm. they were, was being celebrated, and I really hate that uh, yeah. about Philip Roth, uh, some other ones. That's an interesting observation. I haven't read. I only read uh, like one or two of his earlier books, but um, it's an I've, tr- I've, I've tried. Of... I've tried and tried, uh, and it like every time it you know started with Portnoy's complaint, and it's like yeah, it's a guy, it's a guy masturbating into a right. sock, and like really like he never weird, stopped like he, weird Oedipal fetishes. Yeah, anxiety. and he basically yeah he, he never stopped masturbating onto pieces of paper. Right, you know, <laughs> sixty his sixty year career, you know. Yeah. Well, Whatever. as much as this guy uh, I'm reading now, Welbeck, as much as Welbeck makes yeah. me laugh, I think you probably would dislike him for the same reasons. But yeah, yeah, yeah I've I've sort of skirted him. I've read about him. I've read you know uh, some criticism and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I haven't haven't tackled him yet. Yeah, the, the other guy, the, the French guy who kind of melds uh, fiction nonfiction. Uh, Carrere, you know him? Oh yeah, uh, I've heard him. Mention- Manuel Carrere, he's yeah. good. Uh, he's good. Not everything, but like yeah. He, is uh and yeah that it's an interesting thing and he he mixes a lot of his own life into into these kind of what the, some of them like start as like like a reporting trip and then it becomes like an autobiography and then like there's all kinds of I'll have to I'll have to read shitty him behavior I see that uh now Scar refers to him as the most exciting living writer so that's a good endorsement Oh okay yeah is it now Scar or, or Canal Scar I've heard both who, uh, who the fuck knows I don't uh, know. There's a, there's a, I don't know. Have you, have you read any of that? Yeah. Yeah. I read, uh, I read several volumes and I, I don't, I haven't finished the, uh, whatever, what is it? Seven parts. So I, I think I've read like three and then I know he wrote some book for his daughter that I read, which was like, uh, beautiful, but I, I yeah. enjoy it, but you like, oh, you, oh really? It's hard for me to articulate why it's just like a very, it's a very like serene kind of simple it's like easy to digest in a way but you still feel like you're reading literature i guess i don't know that's my opinion on him but but uh, and i think he's funny i mean i really appreciate humor yeah. humor and writing yeah i i haven't read any of the books i've i've read some like long longer articles or essay. he wrote a a profile of this uh art, artist Anselm Kiefer which is just i really did disliked and I, yeah I, like Kind of like he was just so fawning and kind of he was just like fan fanboyish, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. And yeah, kind of like Wilbeck. Yeah, I, you know, I've read a lot about them, you know, but not 
I don't know. I'm not ready. Uh, I'm not that fast a reader either. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to commit. No. Yeah, me neither. 5,000 years of my life to to these books. (laughs) I agree. I see people on Twitter sometimes being like, books I've read in 2021 and they're at like 150. I'm like, what? Oh, no. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm a slow reader as well. Um, But if you want to look some some wonderful uh, Nausgaard writing is in the New York Times from I think it was like 2015 or 2016 maybe. It's called My Saga. Mm. He drives. Across, he basically drives across America, going and and I forget where he starts, but he's trying to end up at this old like um, museum for the Vikings in one of the Dakotas. But it's mostly uh. just about like his journey through the American Midwest. Really like that. So maybe you could give that a shot if you if you cool. want to try to rekindle your your appreciation of him. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And, and what what are you working on? Do you have like. Do you have a book or a story? Or <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've been working on stories and I'm working on something longer, but uh, I don't know. It's tough going. Like, I just, I think I have more of a mind for stories and uh, I want to yeah. kind of work on something longer, but my brain might not operate that way. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you feel that, the pressure, that, that hope, the pressure of like, you know, that uh, the short stories are kind of like lower tier somehow than like the big book? I was super happy. I was super happy to just like write short stories. And then when I started at the MFA program and started meeting people who were like getting agents and whatnot, it's like, yeah. oh, you have to have a book. They're not going to take the short story. You got to have both at, at a minimum. I'm like, oh, man. But yeah, that's if you if you want to play that. Yeah, the, the publishing game. Yeah, you know, it's cool. I always just assumed there was only one way. But since I started this podcast, that's just not true at all. And I've met so many interesting people and publishers who do things a different way. Um which is exciting. Yeah, I mean yeah, what's helped me a lot is I was so late to it and I had no expectations. Like, you know, I didn't go to writing school or anything. Mm-hmm. So and I always knew that I'd have to hustle and sell my own books myself, you know, mm-hmm. like like all those cab books that I would sell in the cab, you know, like, and yeah. now, That's now we're working a bar. You do that? I, yeah. You're working for yourself. Every, you know, everybody's an independent contractor. Oh, but, right. uh, and now, now I take my books to like the, the four books I sent you and I put them up in the back of the bar when I'm bartending and every now and then somebody will notice them. That's amazing. What do you sell them for uh, at the bar? 15, 20? No, they're 20. They're 20. Good. Yeah. Good. But, I was going to say. Yeah, they're twenty, uh, and yeah, they're yeah, there's a wholesale. There's a twelve dollars for wholesale price for to stores because okay. I have to deal with stores myself. Yeah, I mean, I just could go get, on yeah, and I was on say, about just get people liquor up. About, and... Yeah, yeah, people get excited, you know, get in, fascinated, you know, that like the guy giving them beer has something else going on in his life. It's, mm-hmm. It blows their minds, you know. But <laughs> yeah, somebody. But yeah, the 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 publish industry publishing industry and the book industry is i mean i've learned so many things over these past few years uh putting designing these books and getting to the ugly the back rooms and stuff and it's basically Mm -hmm. it's a it's a monopoly there's a company called ingram that if you're not on ingram you don't exist Mm -hmm. so my books aren't on ingram so they don't appear in any search anywhere like all these you know like allegedly independent bookstores if you go to the search box that's just the Ingram warehouse. Interesting. Know? I did not know. Uh, that. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ingram is a, a the 9 million whatever pound gorilla like Amazon's not even like 
a part like Amazon doesn't care about books because books are just a lost leader to Amazon. They want right. to buy other shit, you know, they, they lose, they lose money on books on purpose, you know, mm -hmm. they don't care, but, uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. Uh, nice, figuring out all that, the ugly kind of how the sausage is made part of it. Uh, right. But in a way it, it's now reduced for me to these terms that I understand, which is like the, this art or painter world where I, I almost think of my books as like prints, you know, like, mm -hmm. cause I sign and number them, you know, and there's, yeah. Uh, the, the reason I do like it, the, the printer I found, uh, their minimum order is 750. So I have to order 750 to get these this way. Uh, so I sign and number them and, uh, yeah, they're prints. Yeah, you know, with some absolutely. words with some words in them and yeah when i think about it that way it's a thing i can grasp when it's like a, a worldwide thing or like making something available everywhere that's yeah mm -hmm. Unf unfathomable <laughs> yeah yeah oh cool yeah. man i just wanted to tell you too before i i uh <clears throat> that I told Avner Landis that uh, i was i was interviewing you and he was <laughs> yeah. he was telling me uh, what a big fan he is of your work so oh, that's he, nice. Yeah, I, I liked his book a lot. Yeah, I, I reviewed it for the Chicago Reader. Mm, yeah, his book. His book oh, I'll yeah, I read that review. I liked his book a lot too. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was sort of uh, actually funny to me. It was like you know, at first you know I started reading it. And it was like yeah, you know, Jewish coming coming of age kind of thing. It's like and you think Philip Roth, right. Sal, Sal Bello, and it was so refreshing uh, to have like a the kind of like comic distance that he has in that mm -hmm. book, where like obviously that you know meiselman is not a stand-in for him you know mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like like you know meiselman has lots of things that i'm sure uh Abner knows about but like he's not he's not Abner. That, that no no uh well the the person that write writes that book can't be as oblivious as meiselman is right. you know? like, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so that that was cool and yeah it's been fun like finding your podcast and all these new podcasts that i think probably proliferated partly because of COVID and stuff, yeah. people being locked at home. But uh, yeah, I wrote that other article in the reader about like all the, like, like Mallory Smart and all these I, other th things. Uh, I saw that. And to I was very, very appreciative that you, you dropped us and uh, I talked. To oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah so the, yeah, there's something happening with you guys, people about your age, you know, and you're making a thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a quick attempt to try to, get a grasp on it but mm -hmm. it's still evolving yeah like, i don't is. know do you have do you have a sense of like yeah because it's not you know there's the previous whatever movements or groups like you know it's not there was outlet you know which went away uh, which, mm -hmm. you know like talent is obviously a big part of but uh yeah what is like would you nobody wants to be pigeonholed but there there is some kind of group of loose confederation of people doing stuff yeah, I mean, strangely uh, enough, like, and stuff, yeah. I feel like quite a latecomer to it, but I do yeah. feel like, I don't know, I just feel, first of all, like a lot of people are bored with contemporary, like mainstream fiction. Like I was giving out, yeah. I gave out like John Lindsay's body high to like some NYU students who uh -huh. never would have read it otherwise. And they, oh, really? They, they, they were like, dude, that was so awesome. That was so fun. And it yeah. was cool. And they were like excited again. And so first of all, I just yeah. think people are bored. I basically just think like a bunch of people on Twitter are rising from the ashes of <laughs> just, yeah. just like, you know, the boring shit that's coming out of New York city, probably. 
75 to 80 percent <laughs> of the new releases i can't even get 20 pages in before i'm like yeah uh, exhausted so i think people are just basically create i think it's just a disruption like any other industry yeah but uh, yeah i like the kind of like the small scale and the scrappiness of it you know like mm-hmm. yeah they're just putting stuff together like who's that that one guy was uh, one of these publishers is designing his whole book in in like in word or in yeah that was you know, bro, he's still bro. In the, <clears throat> brian allen ellis it was brian allen ellis right yeah like <laughs> It would never have even occurred to me to do that, like to actually do a layout in a in a word program. Like, yeah. what? Like, Sounds so frustrating. And then, like, yeah. yeah. Like, and then, and then they also he published the body high. They just they just as a joke took like the old vintage contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Design. No, I read I read it. it. It's a funny book. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. A good, it's a good book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they just took they just took it and they're like, yeah, this is us. Like, this is the design that we're gonna do. And well, we, yeah. Ch- Check it out. This is. Can you see this? Oh, fans' notes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what he was aping. This this is yep, a vintage exactly. contemporary. Yeah, exactly. it's uh, funny. People people so love that that series that 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 style. I always thought it was really ugly, but I think it is like, really people, ugly. Yeah, it's like it's like almost on pers- on purpose ugly. You know, mm-hmm. but that's why it's, it's like, like so pat- it's so irreverent and funny when like they do it. You know, it's just kind of a, a like when yeah. A, when um house of lad and you know john Lindsay and stuff do it it's it's cool so i yeah. don't know i mean i just think people are bored and i, I think they don't want yeah. like literature to go away so we're kind of everyone's fighting for their to excite people yeah and again. yeah it's it seems like yeah they don't have these kind of grandiose like career ambition not maybe maybe they have the ambitions but they know the reality of They'll have to have some shit job and right. put out put out their books and their other stuff because they love them, not not because they think they're going to be famous or yeah. something. Yeah, and that like, they're, you know they're going to. I really appreciate that. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah, they're going to have to do it all themselves. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know. More entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, in the in the uh, in the writing world, but yeah, yeah, I've been yeah this whole time you know being involved with books trying to find a place for myself in it and uh i rarely do feel like it but like up until this like last year i'd say yeah and finding finding all of you guys and having something in common like some kind of common language you know mm-hmm. absolutely no i feel the same way yeah. i actually didn't see any of this coming when i started the podcast i didn't know who any of these people were really so mm-hmm. i didn't even know who brad listy was and apparently uh you know i we have very similar uh guests and stuff so uh, so, oh, Brad, Brad's been at it for a while. Yeah. He has, he has. I just, I just hadn't, I just was like new to it. You know what I mean? So, but it, yeah. it does feel really good to know that they, that we are other people, like-minded people are out there, you know? It's, it's actually, if, if, if you're, have any interest, it's a really interesting to hear the contrast in the two Taolin interviews between yours and his, because oh, they came out I the same, listened to his officially. Yet. It came out the same day as you officially posted yours. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. very I did very that. different. That, that disappointed me. I was like, I was hoping yeah. that would never happen. Ah, <laughs> that's all right. No, no, you you do a very different thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, Brad's, I'll listen, I'll listen I mean, to his. He what he always talks about is how he's really super interested in the person, even mm-hmm. like a lot more than like the book, you know. And you know, one of the things that in he he you know he does a he does a weekly show so there's just no way that he reads all these books right right so it's it's a lot a lot about sort of personality you know mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. him uh which is also you so, know fascinating because 
there's a lot of it depends it it works when it works it doesn't when it doesn't yeah yeah, it's i i think it's great to have all kinds of different voices yeah absolutely but um yeah so it's exciting and i'm I'm excited to just like read more of your work and and keep up with your career and i'm going to join your sub stack and i'll recommend the sub stack to listeners and everything so (laughs) thanks it's yeah yeah we all have to do this shit and it it just inevitably feels fucking gross you know it does feel gross but if you look at my thing look at my thing look you know like (laughs) but if yeah but if i if but if 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 you if it's good it's good you know what i mean so, I hope so. Yeah. I, I I certainly hope so. Well, I, I promise I, you, if it's not good, I will drop off so that it feels genuine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. There's absolutely no expectation or like that. You have yeah. Yeah, you have to keep suffering through through my endless drip. <laughs> but uh, but I'm sure yeah. it will be good. So. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, hey, and uh, you know what? I have family in Chicago. Uh, once everything's back to normal, I plan to be there often. So um, I hope hope one day yeah. we can like get a beer, and meet in person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I, I have, uh, my, my folks are still in Boston. So I'm, I'm through in New York every, I always try to make a point of stopping in New York at least for a day or something. That'd be I, lovely. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd love to, love to, uh, you know, meet in person and keep in touch for right. sure. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love what you do. Just keep going, please. Thanks. You know, I will. I we will. All, we all need it. So yeah. for, for you, for you alone, I will. So. Yeah, you have to promise me never to stop your I podcast. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, cool. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for your time, and uh, I'll, yeah, I'm going to start course, giving man. away your books as well, as much as I hate to do it. But uh, I'll I'll get myself. Some. Well, you know, there's more where they came from. Yeah, exactly. Can, yeah, so. they're all available like through that web, through my website. There's a there's a web store on there, and I will put them in a you know an envelope yeah. and send them everywhere. And and lastly, me. they're if, all sitting in my sitting in my house. Yeah. If you have any like uh, anything that maybe tortoise used or something, because like I was trying to take photos of all the prints and stuff, but maybe if you have like a press kit or I don't know, like uh, some way that you were advertising the books, just because it's so like the art on the inside makes it so interesting, it 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 doesn't do it justice to take a picture of the front and back cover. Um, so I don't know if you yeah, have like if, images of the inside of the book or something that you could. Yeah, if if you if you just go to my website and and click on the store, the first four things are those books, and each each of those pages has has you know like a a blurb and some in, inside copy and stuff. So can I use that for like Twitter when I'm saying that we're doing a? Good oh yeah, yeah. You you can take anything off my website. Okay. You can just take a screen cap or whatever works. Yeah, of course. Perfect. All right. Yeah, once. You know, yeah, no, I don't, I don't do secret art, you know, like secret stuff. If it's online, it's public. That's mm-hmm. how I think of it. You know, like, yeah, sweet. All right, Dimitri, Thanks. thank you so much. And uh, I will, I will talk to you very soon. All right. Take care. Right, Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye.